0: Unashamed, the recovery podcast. And hello, recovery fam, and welcome to another episode of the Unashamed Recovery podcast with Josh and Drew, that's Drew, I'm Josh. And here at the Understand Recovery Podcast, we believe that there is healing in the story of our scars and that it is okay to not be okay. It is our sole mission to break the shame and stigma of addiction by
1: uh, sharing stories by real people that have been through real recovery, uh, real addiction, uh, and people that are, you know, practicing real sobriety. Uh, so enough of that. Let's kind of dive into today's episode.
0: Yeah. Speaking of real people and real recovery, today is another one of those days that I love because we got a testimony in. It's not from a an author, a recovery author. It's not from a pastor. It's not from this uh, recovery celebrity. Uh, today we've got a testimony from just a regular Joe. I wouldn't Abraham. call him regular. Well, I mean, it, he. What I'm saying is, like, he's not. You know, I, a, I a, would I would call It's a, call him it's a, real, a real person in recovery. Extraordinary. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. What I'm getting at is, it's just not. It, it, it's a. Regular person like me and you in recovery. This ain't no, you know, because there's recovery celebrities that are out there. We ain't doing that. We got a real person in Real Recovery Day sharing their story, and I'm excited about it. I, there's no throwing out a doctor in front of his name. It's just, it's Jay. Yeah. I love it. It's just Jake, And it's just a regular person sharing how they came out of the, the hell of addiction. So welcome, Jake. Welcome to the Unashamed Recovery Podcast. We're glad you're here, brother. Hello. Glad to be here. Yeah sound like a guru. Hello, everyone. I am a guru. <laughs> <laughs> He's a yeah. recovery doctor. Let's just say mm, that. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yep. The recovery the doctor. Recovery J. doctor. I like Jay it. I like it. That may stick. If it sticks, <laughs> you'll learn to hear it first on the other
2: Recovery I got Podcast. A- PhD in life. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, man, if that's the case, man, I may have a master, you know, Not a master's. There,
1: there we go. Master it? I master it. You got... Recons-
0: I, yeah. did, I did one episode good. You've been doing great. I did like one So good. And the just last episode. Carry now here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, so... But yeah, so Jake... Mm-hmm. On this... Wild... Testimony that we're about to go through... I'm I, I, I sure that it's wild. Like Everybody's wild. I mean, yeah. we get to sit one through this. That's not wild. So... As we get ready to go into this, tell us what your drug of choice was. Because for me, my drug of choice was was sex and pornography. Drew, yours was kind of everything. Yeah, it was all over the place. What was what was your
2: drug of choice uh, for for everybody there so they can relate? Mine was all over the place. It uh, <laughs> it, it changed with uh, locations. It changed with Man. people. It changed with uh, emotions. Man. Um. Mm-hmm. I was a—I uh, told you I have no shame. I was a garbage can junkie, yeah, uh, buffet style. Wasn't anything I wouldn't do. Well, so you related to that then? Uh, so actually, uh, to be a little
1: vulnerable here, more open. Me and Jay actually used to be running buddies at one point in time. So mm-hmm. actually, we still are running buddies. but, uh, Recovery running buddies now, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is which is awesome, man. <laughs> you know, it, that's. I, everybody out there can kind of relate, that's that's not a, a commonality. You know, people kind of literally venture off. They don't keep the same friends, it, whether, you know, just because there's so many things that, that that's in the background, you know what I mean? Like, hey, well, I used to do this drug with this person, man, I probably oh, should shy away, even if they are in recovery, there's just too many things that remind me of. Yeah, it becomes a trigger. Yeah, so you almost yeah. staying away from your triggers, but you know, um, I've seen a ton of growth in, in Jay,
0: and hopefully, he's awesome. seen the same in me as well. But yeah. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Jay, as we as we get into to telling your story, if you were to write a book about your story, and at the very beginning of that, what would
2: chapter one be called? Um, I think we talked about that on the way in. Yeah. I, I would say. It's funny the name of this podcast is Unashamed, because I have absolutely no shame in my story. No shame. No
0: shame. Chapter One, No Shame. So so go ahead. The, the, the floor is yours. Tell us, tell us
2: about Chapter One. What, where does Jay's story start off? Um, I'm from Meridian, uh, Mississippi. Uh, grew up uh, always feeling different, you know, always being... I guess I was with the in-crowd, but I always felt different than the in-crowd. I wasn't always included. Um, I grew up always getting blamed for everything, staying in trouble, you know, being a problem kid, and, uh, you know, being told I was bad and whatnot, you know. Um, and I probably was. I got into everything from, a, from an early age. I can remember uh, getting into literally absolutely everything. Um,
0: Yeah. It's so amazing because we hear so many of these stories, and there are always so many commonalities and similarities between people's stories, and that's kind of a, a, like for me, I always felt like I was a black sheep, like I was always, I always felt like that, so it's always interesting to hear the commonalities of people's stories, even though they're so different. So when did you have your first run in with
2: with whatever it was? I can remember at an early age, uh, we lived next to the golf course when I was growing up, and I can remember at an early age smelling the beer and the golf carts and tasting people's beer. Um, I was actually in a meeting the other day and started thinking I, uh, I had a thing for my favorite cake, was rum cake. And this <laughs> didn't hit me until I, I didn't remember this until I was older. Right. Um, but it was something about, The taste of rum cake. I don't know if it was uh, one of those predisposed things or uh, if it was genetic. I don't know, Um, but I can still remember the taste of that rum cake when I was little. Rum cake and poppy seed cake. Oh wow! Yeah. Right. (laughs) Makes sense now, but it's like, you know, that was like probably my first red flag that I that I can think back and remember. Right. Didn't know it was a red flag until I got started. How much of
1: your story involves like actually where it turns into people pleasing, like you said, you didn't fit in, you know, you didn't feel like you fit in, you know, and I was kind of the same way. So a lot of my story was based on as far as how I got into addiction was based on always trying to fit in in some certain type of form, you know, some fashion. So that's why it turned into the buffet style of drug use. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you, you when you shift groups because, you know, somebody wrongs you in this one or, yeah, you know.
2: Sure. So, um I can't remember when I first started people placing, but my whole life, that's all I've done. I've yep. worked in service. I've, uh, I've worked in the mental health field. I've worked in uh, state hospitals. I've worked as a firefighter and EMT the last... Ten years. Um, that's all I've ever known is, is trying to help people or please people or whatever. Right. I feel that void. Yeah, you know? it's
0: amazing how we kind of when we gravitate to that, we, we make that our our job. Like you know, yeah, we cause service. We we feel comfortable in that. You know, like I I, I, I people please, but my thing more so is that people please I need the affirmation, like, like if I made this bottle, and I know this is an awesome <laughs> bottle. You got to have somebody to I need somebody to tell me that it's an awesome bottle. Yeah. But it' worse than that. Is like, say, I know this is an awesome bottle, and Jay knows this is an awesome bottle, and he knows it is, but, but he, he doesn't it. say it. Yeah. Because he's like, we well, don't need to hear that. Then I have doubts. So I need that, right? but that also kind of stems into people-pleasing. But
1: it also stems into the way your mind works as well. That's though. true. You know, it's not just a people-pleasing thing. I think it's become a habitual thing where uh, we feel like we're entitled to hear, hey, you did, good. You did great, you know? And that's it.
0: Are I'm you attacking not, me, sir? I'm, I'm really not. <laughs> I felt attacked with that. I accountability.
1: like a when you're not
2: ready Yeah. so That was actually the reason why I stopped uh, firefighting and EMS Um, after so long of living that. uh, I was living like that, Doctor Jekyll, Mr Hyde life. Um, To do a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, after a lot of like sitting with it, and for the because for the longest time that was my purpose. I loved running into burning buildings. I loved working medical calls. And then I had to realize that uh, maybe I was just trying to fill a void, um, and also I was using the trauma that I was experiencing at work as a reason to use, as right. a reason to drink. So it was that like that cycle just kept. So yeah. I've got to ask
0: you a question because I work 9 on 1, mm-hmm. and something I've always had is like, with the aspect of you running into a burning building, for somebody, is it that you're doing it
2: because you want to help, or because You're needing that adrenaline. The gratification? Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm definitely an adrenaline junkie. uh, Because I'll do about anything for the adrenaline, you know. Because I
0: know several officers, you know, they kind of sort of like helping people, but they like that adrenaline of getting into a high-speed chase. Or they like going after that know, making that felony traffic stop. Right, right. Or serving the the high-risk warrant. Right. So at some point, I, I know people had the good intent of getting into the profession. I want to help, but I I've always wonder about the that getting hooked on the adrenaline rush of right. like, doing the dangerous stuff. So anyway.
2: I was I was definitely hooked on the adrenaline um, and love helping people. Um, I'm a very uh, empathetic individual, so it's like uh, I always really felt it when somebody was hurting or when I helped somebody. But eventually, I got to the point where that. I kept replaying that cycle and, and using over the trauma that just, like, I had to stop and think, was I doing this for, really, to help people, or was I wanting to feel good from helping people because of all the other bad stuff I was doing, too? So it was kind of like making me feel better for the things I was doing, and that was ultimately the reason why I walked away. I was, you know, my motive had, had shifted from helping people to helping people so I wouldn't feel like such a Ooh, yeah, that's
1: interesting. Yeah. But what if someone that was tied into, I know for me, in some instances, it, I was wanting to be the person that I needed. Mm. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Totally, kind of. Okay, so kinda. when I say that, like, you ever heard of be the father that you needed when you were growing up? Yes. Okay, so what if you're being the person that you need to save you? You're living that out on a different one the Mm. on the light side but on the dark side you're still needing the saving but in the mm. light you know what i'm saying yeah. you're trying to live that out hmm. so you're trying to go out yeah. and save the people yeah i was living then. exactly what i was
2: like
1: <clears throat> dude and it's crazy because i was one of those people like i would literally get high as i get out and talk about god yeah you know what i mean right. because like i would be like well you we know jesus we, you know and i keep on and keep on but not realizing that like the stuff that I'm spitting out, and I was basically need to tell myself these things. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. what if, like I said, it, you know, what if we're being, or or being that person that you want to save you? Does that make
0: sense yeah. now? Yeah, that totally. So Jake, talk, I want to talk about, so you were an active firefighter and still using. I was definitely still using. So um, that is, man, I bet you got some stories from that. Like that's, I that, that's kind of that's <laughs> kind of do, like uh, <laughs> that's kind of like man. I can see that being uh, a catch twenty two
2: kind of sort of situation. Definitely was man. Um, I was crazy. I was uh, I was telling myself you know I, I'm saving people, but I would show up in the middle of the night on their calls, high as hell. Pick. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, Camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would uh I can I can remember working a wreck one night and, and my brother showed up and he was an officer at the time and he just was I remember him looking at me and being like, dude, you need to get out of here And uh, I was showed up to work a wreck. I was drunk, you know, to work a, a, a wreck where a, a drunk driver hit somebody and I showed up to work it drunk, you know. I oh. felt fired <laughs> Um other hallucinatory drugs, you know, it's so like I, yeah, I would show up, you know, tripping or whatever at a at a fire and fight the fire. And enjoy it and think I was doing something good. But it's like As horrible as it sounds, that sounds like a really good basis for a TV show. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Right, right. We didn't get to play Jay? <laughs> <Yeah>. not Jay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. No, no, no. Hey, Warner Brothers, here's a look. we've we got you an idea for a TV show. <laughs> so, <laughs> so
1: I want to I talk a little bit about something you spoke about the other day, um, yeah. fear and love. Mm, you know, how is that on your journey is, um, when you started figuring out, hey, I want to get into recovery? Obviously, you know, we kind of skipped a part of what led you to addiction. Um, but because I don't want to run out of time. But um, the, the fear involved, you know, we were talking about how things that we do are motivated by either war, Right? Definitely. Okay. So even in, like, and even in our addiction, a lot of the stuff that we do is generated by 100%. fear. You know, so How has that affected you? How does that... You
2: know, I want to kind of touch base with that again,
1: you know, like we were...
2: Yeah, totally. Uh, I, think, I think during active addiction, you know, we're all operating from fear. Right. Um, we're using because we're scared of whatever. Um, we're using to fill a void that can't be filled with substance, which we, we tell ourselves we can um, I think the majority of my life I've made decisions out of fear instead of love. Um, yeah, I think it wasn't in, until the last few years, because I've been trying to get sober for like the last eight years, um, that my perspective shifted to love. Right. Um, and I, I honestly believe that, uh, you know, that God gave me that, uh, and removed some of my character defects that kept me from thinking like that. Right. Um, I, you know, we got to talking. I practice meditation now, pray a lot. And, um, they say when you're praying, uh, you're talking to God and when you meditate, you're listening to God. Right. right. Um, so that is what I've tried to connect with lately. And, um. The meditation was kind of uh, the missing link of my recovery, and it shifted my perspective to love again. Right. Um, I, I honestly believe, you know, that that's how we're originally created. You know, that God wants us to be like that originally. And uh, the program, the AA program, NA, whatever program, whatever anonymous program you're in, celebrate recovery. All that meditation, Dharma recovery, all that has helped me uh, shift my perspective back to. um, So explain to those who don't really or are not familiar with Dharma recovery. Dharma recovery is is the Buddhist-based principles of recovery. Um, There's kind of a misconception of Buddhism, mostly in the South, that you know, people think you pray to another god, and that's not true. I'm I'm a Christian Buddhist. I um, and Buddhism is a, is a way of life. It's a practice. Right. It's like yoga. It's a practice. Um. It's just it's taught me mindfulness, and um, I'm more of a compassionate individual. Right. Uh, I, like I said, I, I make my decisions from a place of love.
0: Now, it's yeah. interesting you said mindfulness because meditation is all about mindfulness. Right? For sure. So you're. Get into the basics of meditation, mindfulness is key. Like when you start to stray, you gotta bring it back to in the moment, here and now. Right, right. So right. that that's interesting that all that, uh, that you said that. I think you're the very first person that we've had that's talked about this. Mindfulness? No. Yeah, no, no, no. Or no. the Dharma, the, the Dharma recovery. Yeah. I don't think we've had anybody else. We um, had Ricky that was Yes, yeah, that, that was that was pretty close. That was Sean. Yeah. Recky? Recky. Sorry, I said it wrong. You got me for saying it wrong. That's the second time <laughs> <I've been. laughs> So that's, that's <laughs> interesting. Uh, and I'm pretty sure we can find some links for those that are, are wanting some links on that. We can have that in the show notes for anybody who's wanting more information on that. But uh, I think we skipped a step. I think we skipped where, <laughs> What's Jay, that? how did you find recovery? What led to you saying this is enough and
2: finding recovery? Um, well, honestly, I had, uh, I had gone through a pretty rough divorce and I took off and, um, I ran from it. Instead of dealing with it, I ran from it and took off and moved to Denver and was out there for, for a few years and I was working in the music industry and, um, I was just running. I was running from, uh, running from my problems, running from my trauma, running from everything that had happened, yeah. running from a broken heart, and still carrying on with a broken heart, and um, trying to fill that void with people, sex, women, uh, partying, music, drugs, anything but what worked, and um, that was recovery. You know, that. that's
1: when <clears throat> uh, that's when acceptance and tolerance one of the major things are talked about. You know, outside of those. Well, we even talk about it in Celebrate Recovery, but not as deep, yeah. you know. Um, it's in the principles of NA, it's in their DNA, it's in the DNA of AA as well. It says in the big book, yeah, uh, like literally, love and tolerance
2: is our code. But you know, I think whenever
1: we find ourselves in a place where we cannot accept a situation, a thing, a person, um, it's because of ourselves. It's because we cannot accept, or we've not learned a tolerance. And so therefore we run from our own way of thinking if we're gonna be, mind, you know, we're talking about mindfulness, we run from our own way of thinking because we're, we can't accept it. Mm-hmm. We can't find, out, find a way to wrap our head around it to even tolerate it. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we start Sweet. to run because it com- becomes a fight or flight scenario. You know I mean? Once, once you have to see a change and you have to start thinking about that change and you have to be mindful of your way of thinking, you have to hone it in and rein yourself in. I mean, it literally turns into fight or flight. Yeah. And That's so, right. once again, that goes back to fear just discuss
2: it. Definitely. Yeah. I ran out of fear. Um, and, uh, you know, that wasn't the end of it. I ran and ran and ran. And um, eventually landed me. Um, I flew into Meridian. I had an uncle that was sick with cancer. And um, tried to catch him before Christmas. He was going to pass any day. And I came home, and I was so strung out and just completely out there that my parents... My dad actually drove me to Nashville and, um, I went to treatment and while I was in treatment in Nashville, my, uh, my, uncle ended up passing away while I was in there. So that was just more, more pain to deal with that I wasn't dealing with, um, which, uh, treatment was great. I went to uh, Cumberland Heights in Nashville, Tennessee, and, um, it was a great treatment facility, but I just wasn't ready. And um, I did another thing while I was in treatment. Uh, I, I wanted to be, you know, I, I had just previously left that divorce. I had that divorce, and it was still heartbroken from it. And um, I did the forbidden Thirteen step. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I did. And the I'm so that, glad I can share about this today because, like, it's, it's a horrible idea. Right. Um, I met a girl in treatment, and um, we ended up running off getting married. Um, this was, like, two weeks out of treatment. Well, absolutely, like I don't even know what I was thinking back then. I was thinking I was in love, and we were just two sick puppies. And um, but we see it
0: all the time. Yeah. People who are fresh in recovery, they are ten days, thirty days sober, and they're kind of starting to get that clear way of thinking again. Like and the first thing they're like, "Ooh, I need a, I need somebody to complete me." Like I, right, right, right. I need to still try to fill that void. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. What like, you see it time and time again. Like, if you are in recovery for any amount of time, like, you're going to see it, you're going to see it happen. And eventually, you're going to start seeing it happen, like, you'll see the warning signs coming ahead of time. You'll be able to call it. Right. Uh-huh. I mean, you just, it's, it's one of those, you hate to see it coming because it's going to happen. All right,
1: so I, I do have a question. What are your thoughts as far as, like, I know this isn't really talked about much because it's becoming, even in the recovery community, it's becoming really acceptable. And that's synthetics, you know, as far as kratom. Um, It's funny you asked that. Yeah, CBD and all that kind of stuff. It's becoming really acceptable because it's not the real thing. So it doesn't really count as what you hear. It's legal. It's it's okay. Yeah, but at the same time, though, it's still habit forming. You know, it's still an issue
0: it still has some well, of the side effects for And you've got a lot of states who are jumping on this, legalizing marijuana. Yeah. And with that comes the, the CBD
2: attachment. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's a good question. Um, well, I'll tell you, I have a my, one of my best friends, Josh Nyrick, is a counselor in Jackson, Mississippi. And he uses me as an example all the time to his clients. And I said, brother, you are more than welcome to use me as an example to keep people from doing it. Uh, Two years ago, I would have been an advocate for cradle. Right. I would have I would have totally said it was safe, I would have totally said it was fine. Um, after about a year of doing it, it didn't work for me anymore, and I was spending anywhere from 60 bucks to 100 bucks a day on it, and um, trying to find the best quality, changing name brands, all that stuff, and then I was hooked on it, and then I couldn't sleep at night, and you still withdraw from that stuff like you're on here, and I'm like, well, Finally, it led me to using heroin. Um, and just for those who are unfamiliar with this, this
0: is some stuff that you can buy legally at a tobacco shop, Over the couch, not even know. just a tobacco well, shop. You can get it in a gas station. Like it? here in Meridian, like these tobacco shops that are popping up, there are big neon signs out front. The oh window. yeah, we have kratom. Yeah, and like, no, there's kratom everywhere. And yeah. like you said, it's also in the gas stations.
2: Now I get, and it's you know. So, Just for those that are
0: unfamiliar with
2: it, it's just throwing the with fires. The opioid epidemic going on in yeah. our country right now, and it is a real epidemic going on. It's killing people every day. Not creating I mean, but it's lead, it leads people right. to other stuff. It's a gateway, <clears throat> a lack of better word. I reckon you say it. it it's leading. I agree. I agree. Um, I think. I, I think. I think the real gateway is trauma. Um, but. To. But that kratom opened that gateway up bigger. Um, yeah. I never, I said I would never do heroin. I said that I, and it had already ruined my life from a, a person I loved who, uh, you know, was was addicted to it. And um, it had already taken me down through there. And um, I, a, t- I did it. Yeah. It's amazing the
0: stuff that we will, will do, the things that we said that we'll never do. Yeah. 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 Especially with no... World addiction, like because addiction's gonna lead you to that place,
2: but you're literally like, oh, never. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, I would judge people for being (laughs) on it. I was like, I would never, never go there. Right. And um, still, can can look back and uh, it's mind blowing that that I took it there. Oh dude, I was I was
1: an addict that was judging people for using intravenously. Same in same. I would never same. You know, but when it came down to it, you know, and I wanted more and more and more and more and more, it ended up being. Judge, so be careful. You know, what's the saying? go Be careful who you judge. You can end up. You know, yeah. So, totally. uh, luckily, my addiction
2: never took me there. Um, but the as I got sober here the past few months ago, um, I had a, a realization. Um, I guess a vision. I guess you could say. I don't know. Um, but I, I could see my pattern using it over the years, and I could see the progression of my disease. And I knew if I didn't do something about it, I was going to go to using intravenously. And, right. um, I know for me that means death because if, if, I, if I made it through it, it'd be hard to come back. You know? Right. Um, yeah. Almost impossible. Yeah. So I was terrified to go there and because um, I knew what was going to happen to me, it was going to kill me. Um, it was definitely going to kill me if I took it there. And so I, um, I was actually living in New Orleans at the time when I, when I got on uh, heroin. And um, I remember getting in my car, and I drove all the way home and told my parents I need help. Um, thankfully, at this point in my using recovery career, I had, uh, I had enough knowledge of what I needed to do to get sober. So uh, three days later, I was in treatment, right? willingly, you know, wanted to go this time. That's because you've been down the, the road and see, yeah. and I so, think
0: I think that's important to note because we know a particular uh, lady who she's been down the path of recovery several times, and she's relapsed several times. Yeah. But every time she relapses, she sees it, and that relapse gets shorter, shorter, and shorter each time. But like you know, that. it's not even just that.
1: I think she's starting to realize. This. Yeah, that's you that's know, start to see the triggers and yeah. you know, all of a sudden you know you're just like, Hey, wait, 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 wait. You're able, you know, the car that had no brakes that I mentioned before, it finally,
2: you know, the, the pads are starting yeah. to
1: work. So it was different. Yep.
2: I had always heard uh, in meetings that you know every time it gets worse, every time the relapse get worse, and I did not believe it. I had to go learn for myself and um they got worse <laughs> right. every time. Um much worse. Every time. And um it's only, uh, only by the grace of my higher power, which I call God, that I made it out alive. Because a lot of people do not for a lot less than what I was doing. Right? right. You know. Well, as we start to wrap up, you know, you
0: talked about how you're doing uh, the prayer, meditation, and the Dharma uh, recovery. Mm-hmm. What other things are you using now to to stay sober? What are, what are some things that you know, that you're doing that somebody out there listening may can relate to, or like,
2: oh, I ain't never tried that. Let me try that
0: what's some stuff that you're
2: doing i go to as many meetings as i can it doesn't matter if it's naca uh celebrate recovery dharma recovery it doesn't matter what it is i i can take something from all of them i just leave leave whatever i don't need take take what you need leave the rest um, i need it well i mean not to cut you off no, you're i
1: think great. there's so many people that get in the group and it becomes close-minded yeah, yeah. About every other aspect of recovery definitely you know it's almost cultish almost. A little yeah, bit. But, uh, you know people just get to where they're like eh, well you know I go here we don't really yeah. talk about that kind of stuff over here so yeah, I'm, I'm just dry, gonna leave right. you to that Believe what you want with you
2: yeah. I'm you an know? addict I'm an alcoholic right. I can, and but you just... know so many
1: people cut the thought off of, yeah. you know what I'm saying that there's a there's a door of so much that, you know that you could get into uh, but like you said you're using so many different And that's how I started. I used so many different facets because I was pulling from this,
2: pulling from this, and pulling from this. It was like a shelf. (laughs) I took the same mentality that I used with drugs. I did did that. Oh, yeah. Got to
1: find it wherever I can. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I also got a sponsor immediately. Uh, Talked to him every day. That's key. 100% key. key. And uh, that's something in the past that I didn't believe either. I thought I could do it on my own. Yeah. Um, I got a sponsor. I get as many meetings as I can. I pray every morning and every night I get on my knees and pray. I meditate uh, throughout the day um, talk to God as much as I can um, and I ask for help that's that was the biggest thing that i that I did not do in the past I didn't ask for help and uh, now I know I have to ask for help you right. know, when I'm hurting when I need to talk whatever so Reach in, man. yeah yeah sponsor meetings um Prayer, meditation, uh, therapy. Ooh, therapy. And so that's that's
1: a, a one that I'm about to actually venture into um, is actually because I feel like there's just so much more that needs to be opened up. There is. You know, Every, everybody needs therapy. I mean, I've, I've done. There's nothing to be ashamed of. The therapy at least or steps. I've done, worked my steps at least twenty times. I feel like at this point, but you know, even outside of that, I feel like you could just talk to somebody in that field. That could just really open up another door because I think I think about how much trauma yeah. we our, our brain definitely totally really shuts off all of you, you, know, you know so yeah. where we've forgotten so much because we were either high because we were in a moment or because we were so lost in uh, pornography or whatever that we did not understand the damage
2: trauma you, know, you didn't even know it was trauma right, right. Yeah. you know Ooh. what I mean kind of like it. I was
1: telling you earlier that you gaslighted me but you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, though, I, there's just so many things that we don't know about. You yeah. know, we think we know it all when it comes mm-hmm. down to it, but there's just so much. Yeah. There's
2: so much information. You know, The biggest thing that I've done on top of all that is that I do whatever I can to help another addict. Yeah. Help another alcoholic. Um, uh, uh, and that's what the steps helped me to get back to is who God originally intended me to be. Speaking of my heart again, instead of operating from fear, I'm operating from a place of love. I'm I'm helping people. Um, I put myself out there to help people. Um, I actually start a job next week as a peer support specialist, uh, so I can help people in recovery. That's amazing. That's I've so engulfed smart. myself with recovery. Um, I don't know. Uh, there's so much more I could do, but what I'm doing right now is working. And you better believe this right here that you're doing.
0: Hundred percent. put yourself out there sharing, somebody's gonna hear this and it's gonna make a
2: difference. 100%, I mean, I, I, that's that's kind of the point now, is to, uh, yep. I share in meetings too, and that's something I didn't do in the past. I, I would always go in quiet and not talk to anybody. I try to meet people yep. and I try to share so somebody doesn't have to experience the same stuff I did. That's right, right. that's right. Well, man, I could sit
0: here for another hour and right. talk, but, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we are out of time, but uh, I do want to ask, you know, for, you know, anybody out there listening who may want to to contact you, maybe they want you to come and, you know, and share at their group, or maybe, uh, uh, because there are several other recovery and sober podcasts, maybe one of them wants you to come on their show, what's a
2: good way that somebody can reach out and contact you, like an email, what's a good email? Uh, my email was the letter J B A R R Y nine zero five at gmail or you can find me on Facebook, um, j Barry B A awesome. R R Y, juice he's in parentheses. The, yeah. He's got he's got the, uh, the radio voice down. Did you hear that? Yeah, I uh, <laughs> hear that. You can reach me at. <laughs> <kind
0: of wackered. laughs> right. and through the the magic of technology, we'll have his email appear right through here for all you people who are watching. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and so, guys, with that, that's all the time we've got for the day. We're, we're glad that you have tuned in. Uh, if you uh, have a question for us, or maybe you want to ask us, uh, re- recommend uh, our next guest, or maybe you want to recommend a topic or you have a question, maybe you want to tell Drew how ugly he looks in today, or, or, or how short Josh are. Or how short arms are. Either way, that, if like you want to now, <laughs> if, yeah, be looking at my arms. So if you have a question for us and you want to reach out, you can do that at unashamed podcast at yahoo.com. Unashamed podcast at yahoo.com. And with that, y'all, we appreciate y'all listening and tuning in. And until next time, we love y'all. And remember to be unashamed. Thanks, guys. Love y'all.